Welcome into the trenches. I'm Sam Mays. Before we get started with the show, I've got some very special people to thank for their support. Lock Supply, Euros Health, Midfirst Bank, Oklahoma Ford Dealers, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, and FireLakeJobs.com. Euros Health is dedicated to helping the men and women of Oklahoma live healthier, more fulfilled lives. They provide hormone replacement treatment, peptide, HGH, and sexual health treatment for both men and women. They also provide nutritional hydration, weight loss treatment plans for both men and women. With over 30 years of experience, Euros Health can help you take back control of your health. Check them out at www.euroshealthok.com or just drop by and see them. Also, remember Ford. Drive into your best Oklahoma Ford dealers today for their best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Big thank you to you guys for your support. Make sure you like and subscribe to the show. I love doing this. Up next, we've got a great show in line for you. Welcome into the trenches. I'm Sam Mays. And today on the show, putting his hand in the dirt for the very first time is my good friend, former Oklahoma State great, former NBA star, and now world-renowned artist, Desmond Mason. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. How you doing? It's been a while. It's been too long. It was yeah, so absolutely. good to catch up with you a little bit this afternoon, and I'm excited you're on the podcast. We're already talking about making this a, a multi-appearance deal on the on the show. You just got such an incredible story, and I know here locally in the great state of Oklahoma and around the area, people would love to kind of catch up to hear what you're you're up to. And I mean, you're just this, you're just a superstar, man. Like I'm, your life is incredible. I can't wait to hear all about it, man. We just, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, life, life after basketball is, uh, it's taking me to some amazing places, things that, um, especially in the world of art that I have such a passion for that I, I enjoy and I love. Um, I don't, I do not consider it as work. I just consider it as, as again, a passion of mine as, giving me some amazing opportunities. So I'm just, I'm excited about what uh, the world of art holds for me in the future. I'm pushing myself. I'm, the, the world has pushed me as well. I'm being challenged to keep up. I, my motto is evolve or dissolve. And so I'm being challenged to keep up. And so, uh, man, it's it's been fun though. I, I love every minute of it. So I, I've got to ask about the important thing first. How's the family? I knew I know you and your lovely wife have welcomed a, a baby boy into this world. And yeah. how old is he now? He's he just turned three. That's crazy. He I know. <laughs> I know. He just turned three. Um our daughter Jada is heading off to college next year. Um she's finishing up a senior now and uh she'll be heading down to hang out with my buddy and good friend Sonny Dykes at TCU. Okay. And she'll be doing film. Um, and TCU, and then Elijah, our fourteen-year-old, will be heading to high school. So we got one that's about to go to preschool, one that's going to college, one that's going to high school. <laughs> nice, you've got layers. <laughs> I mean, levels to what you've got going on in your yeah, house. Big, big time I'm, levels. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> a lot of emotion, a lot of uh, a lot of crazy at all times. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know the 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 three-year-old. Um, I don't know how to say this about your wife in the, the nicest way, but I've, I've seen some workout video from Rebecca and frankly, I'm terrified of <laughs> yeah. her. And I can just imagine the monster that you've produced. Like, are we talking <laughs> first rounder? Like what's he up to the, I mean, is he just climbing all over things? Is he six foot tall? That's three years old. <laughs> Man, he's, he's busy. He's busy, but he's a really good kid. 
you know, we always, when we traveled a lot, like I remember going through customs once when we were traveling abroad and the the guy at customs, the TSA looked at him and said, what's your name, buddy? And I'm like, he's, he's like two. He doesn't, he barely saying daddy. He barely saying, but I'm like, yeah, no, I'm like, he's only like two years old. But um, we went, you know, he's obviously does his pediatrician um, visits. And the last time we went in, they were saying that, one, he's lefty. And they were saying that, um, they were saying like 6'11". They said no small wow. to 6'9", up to 6'11". And uh, yeah, so, and he's growing fast, man. Like right now, he's, I think the last time we went in, he's, when he, right before he turned three, he was right about 40 inches tall. And uh, he wasn't three yet. So, yeah, he's a beast. And Mama grew up with three big brothers. And I was the oldest of our crew. So it was like, yeah, he's going to be pushed. And he's got two older siblings that like to wrestle and have fun. Right. That's awesome. Look, what is your... I mean, I know it's way too, it, it, you know, you, you look at the internet these days and there's these dads and parents out there that have got their uber young children, you know, really out there training and basketball, is such a unique sport because you know, at a young age, you can be, I mean, real good at this, yeah. like, you know, 17 years old, you could be NBA ready in some cases. I mean, obviously he's got the genetics for it, you know, but your life is different now, you know, like you're, you're not Desmond Mason from Waxahachie, Texas, you know, that grind is not th there that you had as a kid, his, his upbringing is going to be a little different. Do you yeah. feel like, you know, this will be something that you push at a young age basketball? Will it be a part of his routine <laughs> when he's six and seven years old? Or do you feel like you'll give it a little more time? No, I mean, I think I want him to have, some childhood, like right now he could, he likes to shoot the basketball. We got him a Nerf, like the old school Nerf goals for Christmas, yeah. you know, a year ago. And his little, his his big brother plays on the morning he does. Who's again, 14. He's shooting from That's funny. halfway across the house. <laughs> and, uh, but I liked, uh, I like the fact that he's getting to have a childhood and being able to wrestle with his brother and stuff, because there's going to be a point in time that that's going to come into play where there's going to be some very serious talks about, okay, what, what we're doing here. Like, are you want right. this? Is this what you want right now? If it's got four wheels on it and it's a car of any capacity, it's the only thing that he's worried about. We've watched lightning McQueen as nice. a solid 200 times, easily 200 nice. times. But, um, yeah, that'll happen. I'm, I'm not a huge advocate of that, but I know it's part of the world today with the kids right. in this generation. We we were different, brought up. Like, we played multi-sports. Correct. There was not so much club play. Um, you didn't have a bunch of handlers. There was no social media, so you weren't being promoted the way you are now. The teams weren't traveling halfway across the country to play in four or five team tournaments all over the place. And so... But I do get it. It's part of it now. And so when it's time for him, it's good. But he has a uh, – I have a letter of intent in our state from Mississippi State. Nice. And I have one from when my wife went to college. And then I have one for Oklahoma, from Oklahoma State. And um, and they they sent us those when he was born. That's <laughs> and, amazing. And I said, we're good. We're going to put those in the box <laughs> with the rest of them. But I, I'm not doing that to our kids. So yeah, but no, it's I get it though. I understand how it works nowadays. 
That's that's pretty crazy and amazing that both schools <laughs> had their eye on the prize right off the bat. I mean, that's, that's I think, pretty o- awesome. O- Not a whole o- lot of people can say that. Oklahoma State was before he actually came out of the belly. Wow. <laughs> that's crazy. That's fantastic. Well, it's good to hear that the family is doing well. And, you know, obviously we talk sports in this podcast, but I feel like, you know, I'm probably going to detour a little bit away from that. I, I just want to hear about what Desmond's been up to. You and I had a little chance to talk. Um, and it's been so long since we've had a, like a real chance to talk. And, and the five-minute yeah. conversation that I typically do for prep, we ended up being on the phone for like 50 minutes. Yeah, man. But yeah. I, there's so many things that you've been up to. And the one thing that I've got to – you are now the official artist of a of an entire town in Mexico. You've got to tell that story. Yeah, no. Um, so there's a buddy of mine. His name is um, Mike D, and and that's, that's his actually real name. It's not D is not short for anything. It's Mike D, and Mike is a huge. Uh, he, he did magazine company conglomerate um, in Mexico magazine, um, Arizona foothills. He's done development stuff you know, all over the place. And so he decided to move him and his uh, girlfriend decided to move to Tulum, Mexico. Talked about how cool it was. We ended up telling some friends, a friend, some friends of ours bought a place, a pre-construction place of his, a condo. And, uh, and so I was watching what he was doing and I'm like, Hey man, he started a company called D-Loom, D-E-E-L-U-M. It's in Tulum. Very high-end properties, globally renowned architect is doing his properties. And I said, hey, man, I got this idea. I said, whenever you sell a property or a house or something to someone, I would love to have a, a kind of a portfolio of what I do, and you can share it with them. And, uh, and, and they can, you know, I can, we can kind of, I can be the, the artist that, you know, offers them their first artwork in these homes. These homes are gigantic or they're beautiful, very contemporary. He's like, I love that. He's like, we're just gonna make you the uh, the official artist of Tulum. And I was like, <laughs> okay, sounds like a great idea to me. Right. And so he put it, he put the idea together. My wife and I are gonna fly down. They're gonna film us, you know, filming painting in the, on the beach in Tulum where they're developing all this property. Meet a chef that's kind of like a Michelin star, big time chef that's coming in for their uh, property as well, and. Um, and they're going to make the announcement and in February, but it's already open, you know, for discussion because we've already agreed on what it looks like. And so, um, yeah, man, he just made me the official artist of Tulum basically on all of his, his properties. And there's multiple properties that he's doing there. Big, big properties. He's helping develop. They're now have an international airport that's flying in from the UAE, from London, um, the United States. And so, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm so excited about it, man. It's going to be so cool. So Tulum is like, I mean, this is, how, it's, it's a beach sit town, right? Yeah, beach man. city. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, how far is it from the places that we know, like Cancun and Cabo? Yeah. It, it's, it's, uh, so, you know, when you used to go to Tulum, you would, and, and this is my understanding because I've never been to Tulum. I, 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 once I bought my place in Cabo, I just, I kind of did the Baja Peninsula and being from Texas is crazy because I was close to Cancun and my high school did their senior trip to Cancun. I missed that, uh, for a basketball tournament. Um, but it's, it's like an hour ish from, from, uh, Cancun. Uh, and you would normally fly into Cancun, but the fact that, 
the president of Mexico flew into Tulum. Um, they built a new airport. These places from, the, you know, again, the UAE, uh, Europe and, and the United States have already started their kind of tracking into flying directly into Tulum was a huge deal. It, it lets you know that it was kind of the next new vacation spot. It's, it's not so party. There is definitely a nightlife, but it's more um, holistic and there's jungle parts of it that has, you know, oh, rainforests wow. and tunnels and, but then they have very clean beaches and clear water. Um, great food. The culinary is great. You know, it's, it's a yoga Zen ish place, but also there is amazing nightlife. And, you know, Calvin Harris has played there big time artists that played in Tulum as well. So for me, it, I was mind blown when he made that statement. I was like, I, the answer was yes, immediately. Right. And then, um, but no, it's it's kind of the next. It's if you've been to Cabo and you love Cabo, Cabo was the biggest tour spot of Mexico outside of Mexico City um, when Cancun kind of fell off. But Tulum is becoming. It's going to become the new Cabo. It's a. It's a. It's supposed to be. And again, I don't know anything about it, but I'm just basing off of what's being said. I'm super excited about the opportunity. That's pretty amazing. You know, for there's a lot of people that are going to be listening to this going, how did we get here? And and I've heard the story, but I think we probably should revisit it just a little bit. Uh, you play in the NBA. You've got a, a great career. I think you did. your Oklahoma State fans and uh, your family down in Texas. I mean, we were all so proud of the way that you represented uh, our brand in that league, and you did it your way, and I loved every second of it. How did we go from from that life, right, from – from college great to NBA star to now here we are. And like I said, to start the show, you're a world renowned artist. Like how did we get here? Man, yeah, to be honest, um, I think it'd be best. And, and this is my opinion. It'll be because I feel like we talked about this before we got to the, you know, to today, me logging in, us starting this conversation is, you know, being able to really share, not just, you know, the journey, but share like the amazing people that were part of it that made me who I am, that helped me through tough times in my life, that pushed me hard. Um, and so like, as we were talking, like we just call this volume one. Yeah. But, but, but to kind of cliff note it, um, at least for a portion of it is art was always part of my life. Um, I'll never forget, you know, how I really start to dive into art and, and most people don't know this, but there was a kid I went to school with, I grew up with in my town, his name is Rusty Fuller. And, you know, we're looking back in, uh, in the mid to late eighties and, and, uh, I lived on the east side of Waxahachie, pretty much all black railroad tracks separated my town, but I went to school, you know, on the other side of the tracks. And Rusty was my classmate who skateboarded. And Rusty um, was, I became cool with him because I thought he was just a cool dude. Like I was an athlete guy that thought the dude that had the long hair with the shaved on the side, like Axl Rose <laughs> was the cool dude. He told me to ollie on a skateboard, a half dropped into a pike, half pike. And so I just kind of really got, we became buddies. And he was amazing artist, at least in my mind, because he was drawn on the bottom of his skateboards, on our book covers from the 
the grocery store bags that we would cover our books in, drawing on them. And uh, Rusty, I just wanted to be better than him in drawing. And so I started painting and drawing to just be better than Rusty. That's and crazy. I remember I told him once I had my first big show in Seattle in 2001, um, I found him through a friend of ours and I showed him some of my stuff. He's like, and his, like it was a rusty response too. Cause he was a cool dude. Like he was Metallica, all of, he was that guy. And he's like, that's pretty good is what he told me. And then a few years later, I ended up finding him on Facebook and I said, Hey, I just had a show in Miami or Basel. And I said, I did that bro, because I wanted to be better than you. Like it, it it was him that really did it. Like he, I just wanted to be better than him. I thought he was cool as hell and I want to be better than him. And uh, that's how I got, I mean, that's honestly, that's how I got into art when I was nine, nine, 10 years old. That's wild. It's a great story. And I love how the spirit of competition, you know, that has driven you through so many great things in your life was the thing that, that took you to this world, right? It just that yeah. competitive nature that you were in, born with. You know, took you to Oklahoma State, took you to the NBA, and now is taking you to the art world. It's an amazing story. Yeah, I, and I'll be honest, man. Like, it, it continues to push. You know, again, there's there's so much more conversation about people that really influence um, the journey of artwork as well as sports. No different than you in the world of sports and, and what you're doing today. But there's so many people that, that push you. Um, there's so many, you know, stumbles and trips you have along the way that that if you're a, if you're a get up person um that you kind of glad you had those if a person came to me today and they say you know if there's anything you can change what would you change and um i would honestly say I, and honestly in my heart i would say nothing even though some of it really hurt i would say absolutely nothing but um it's it's not so far apart than people think a lot of people think, man, you're a basketball player and you're an artist. It's, I can explain it in a way where it's not so far apart. And right. I think that that's where um, I was very blessed and very fortunate to have two things that I love that I would have did for free if it never worked out as an occupation. I would always drew and I would always be playing pickup at some gym somewhere. And, uh, and I would have did it and it wouldn't have paid me no money. But I would have went on to be an art teacher, which is why I was preparing to be when I was at Oklahoma State, but I would always did it as a hobby because it was a passion and I always did it for basketball because I just love playing basketball as well. So it always been part of my life, no no doubt. All right, I've, I've got to ask because I've seen you do some pretty amazing things just here in Oklahoma City in regards to your arts, you know, painting a whole car at one point. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, what is your all-time favorite project? And I know the way that you, when Desmond gets in the studio, it's like a different mindset. Like you are in that studio, like you are committed to yeah. it. But what have you done here lately that you're just super proud of? Man, it, it's it's hard to say. I don't want to be politically correct, but you know, to, to a capacity. But I would say it's like asking, like, which kid is the favorite one. Yeah, that's like, because they all mean something like I, I paint abstract expressionism 99.9% of the time and it's all emotional based so like something it can be one could be um passion of my daughter going getting ready to go to college and or looking at old photos or some trip that me and my wife took or hanging out with friends I'm always drawing some kind of inspiration from it all so 
you know, to, to say one's better than the next would be unfair, but I'll say the coolest project, one of the coolest projects I've done um, as of late, there's this thing called a boom case. Um, I found out about the boom case. My wife and I are in the Bahamas and, um, and we're in the pool at this private property, a friend of ours owns, and we're in a pool and we hear this music and I look up and it didn't take me five seconds to know who it was just based off the walk and how they moved. And my wife was facing me, looking the opposite direction of where this sound's coming from. And I was like, babe, that's Michael Jordan. What? Yeah, fact. What? And so she, he's walking up, and uh, she turns around, and she, like, never met him. And so she's kind of, like, freaking out a little bit because my wife grew up in sport. I mean, it's Michael Jordan. I don't care who you are. It's Michael Jordan. And he walks up, and he sees me, and I was like, MJ. And he goes, he looks at me and points, he goes, DM. He had a huge boom case, a boom box on his shoulder. He said, DM. And he called me that because he mentored me for three years in the NBA. He's my mentor. Okay. He would call me, watch my games, call me, give me feed, but two-way me, two-way page me. Um, and we end up talking, kind of catching up. We're talking about, you know, when he was in Washington and we, you know, I guarded him. We, I guarded him. I guarded him for two years. I had to guard him all the time. And so we ended up hanging out and having a couple of drinks. And he's with Amar Rashad and his girlfriend and, and Mike's wife. And all of a sudden, they played a Wobble song. And the, the Wobble song, my wife is like, they don't know how to do dance. Because she did ballet and hip hop and tap and jazz. So she goes over and she starts teaching Mike and his wife and Amar Rashad and Amar's girlfriend how to do the wobble dance. And I, I video it. Michael's like, ah, you cool. You can video it. It's so amazing. I video, I video this whole process. And this boom case, out of all of that, this boom case, I'm like, man, where'd you get that from? My wife buys, buys me one. I love it. I start buying them. I start painting on them. People go nuts about them. It's just a company doing it. I'm now I'm painting on them, so the boom case is X amount of dollars. Now I'm painting it; it's original. Now it's another, you know, five or six X or seven X. And uh, I run into Adam Levine, and he sees it, and he's like, "Man, I want one of those for Maroon Five. And so I what? said, "Yeah, yeah." So I said, um, "Hey, this is what I'll do. I've never seen Maroon Five play live. I said, I'll I'll buy one. I'll make you one." if you'll give me tickets to a concert. So I started looking at the tour schedule and they were in Paris when we were in Europe. And so what? I told him, I was like, hey, at O2, I was like, we here. And he's like, I'm gonna get you extra, extra VIP. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. I sent him in the boom case. He has his manager call me. They give me the details. Our driver takes us into the arena, parks us right next to their bus. They walk us into the green room. Adam and Maroon 5 come into the green room, hang out with us. We have a few beers. He said, okay, I want you to follow me. This is how it works. We walk out right by the entry of O2. They say their prayers are banned. We're standing with them. The band goes out first. He's like, just walk next to me. And when you walk out, walk to the right. He walks out. As soon as the curtains open, bro, we on the stage pretty much. <laughs> Oh my God, this we is amazing. We next to the stage for two hours at O2. We leave. He sees us 
after this great show. Sees us, waves us out. We are out of O2 in less than three or four minutes. And then we go to a restaurant and we go to the very back of the restaurant. They close it off. We all have dinner together. And then we go to a club together and have a couple of drinks. And then he flies to Amsterdam. Unbelievable. And that is the that is the, the coolest experience, but the one of the coolest pieces I've ever done and one of the best trades of all time. <laughs> That's like, a, one of the, I mean, it's not even close. The, the best trade of all time. Then he bought a painting after that. <laughs> but but I'm just like, it was the it was it was so cool because Adam Levine and Maroon 5 were just one of the most iconic bands of our time. But he's one of the coolest people I've ever met. That had that has um, that type of celebrity. He was as down to earth as they could possibly be, and uh, it was just a cool project to do for him. So I told uh, that's an incredible story, uh, no question. Like I would have killed the Maroon Five, and just in, as a regular patron at any point during that era, but to see them in Paris on the stage, unbelievable. Um, I told Jack that I would tell. So I have my own personal. Desmond Mason piece that I'm extremely proud of. And a lot of people don't, they're, they're asking, you know, they come to the house and it's such a unique piece. It's like, why do you have this skateboard framed in your house? And like, even my kids know, like, you know, how kids are crazy. So they yeah. want to throw parties and stuff. But Brittany and I will go out of town and we'll come back to the house and that skateboard will be in the frame. Like that we went and got a professional framed and all the things. And it's like on my bed. And I'm like, the kids had people over last night. Like they know better. Right. Like you could burn this sucker down, but don't don't get my my Desmond Mason original messed up. But I'm so crazy that I um I took a challenge on air that I wouldn't learn how to downhill longboard, right? Yeah. And so Desmond talked a little bit about his skateboard background and he took interest in this story. So I went and taught myself how to do this, right? So I I, I mean it took me what that two two three months that I learned yeah. how to skateboard downhill. Yeah. And so my co-host at the time, you know, the day that I was going to prove to them on camera that I taught myself how to do it, they go find the one hill in Edmond that is like an alpine. <laughs> I remember. It was like straight downhill, like to the point that the, the, so the company makes me this skateboard that's cedar and it's like custom made to hold my weight, right? It's got like a 400 pound weight limit. And so this company's there for this downhill skate challenge. And the son of the guy who made the stick skateboard walks up to me. He says, Sam, I wouldn't skate down this hill. And I'm like, what? <laughs> You're like yeah. skate kid. Thank what you. Are you talking about that you wouldn't skate down this hill. <laughs> and so I get up to the hill and I'm like, oh my God, this is not what I've practiced. Right? Like I get up and get on the board and I'm going downhill, but I hadn't like, Learned how to oh, yeah. slalom, right? To control yeah. my speed. I'd never been on the hill big enough to <laughs> to experience the speed wobbles either. Like I had no <laughs> idea what that was. But I'll be damned if I don't give it a go, right? Like I'm here. I said I could do it. I'm getting on the skateboard. Long story short, I get on the skateboard, and I would say probably 15 or 20 feet down this hill, I experienced for the first time speed wobbles. Yeah, and I'm now I'm assessing. It's damage control time. Like, I'm not going to make it to the bottom. What am I, how do I, what do I do next? So I just hard turn that sucker to the left and just Superman dive into this guy's yard, create an entire just divot with my shoulder, 
roll three or four times. I'm pretty sure I've dislocated both my ankles and my knees. <laughs> it was a complete disaster. But my guy here, Desmond, custom paints this longboard for me. Yeah. It's got red, white, and blue, and it says All-American Maze a few times on the bottom of it. But it is a prized possession of uh, me and my family. So I, I will forever be grateful for that. It was such an honor to have you do a piece for me. And I'll never forget that. Yeah, and you laugh just like you're laughing now. <laughs> it was so, it was so. I'm telling you, man, I got tears, real ones. <laughs> like I'm telling, you, it was so. I, I'll tell people all the time, man. I've fallen so many times on a normal skateboard, but I got to the point where like a longboard became like my Cadillac. I'm like, I don't need right. a Ferrari. I don't need like it's my Cadillac. I'm just cruising, and I got a. There's a, slope, there's a slope out of my yard. Whenever I'm painting, I got my studios here now at home. And whenever I'm painting, um, I'll hop on the skateboard when I'm just kind of like going and clear my mind. I hop on the skateboard, but I'll start kind of down the hill of my house. And then I get off and walk down to the bottom. <laughs> because it is literally, it's only about 20 yards, but it's steep. And I'm like, Nah, it's all concrete and asphalt. I'm not. Right. Listen, I don't. Right. I don't want. I want no parts of that. No parts. Yeah. No helmet. Yeah, I was pretty excited that I was athletic enough to save my life. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. Like, yeah. The best thing to do is learn how to bail off of one. That's it. Yeah. It ain't. It ain't about trying. Don't try to hold on. Just find grass and get off. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Well, Des, we're gonna try to cut this one. We're gonna yeah. try to keep these around thirty minutes or so, but we are yeah. gonna do this. Uh, more often we're going to get you back for for volume two here pretty quick i know a lot of people have want to know your thoughts in oklahoma state basketball and your thoughts on where how the thunder have started and uh there's so much more to get into but we'll call this the end of, of volume one thank you so much for your time uh you're incredible you have such an incredible story and we can't wait to hear more of it here in the yeah that man no doubt man you know it's always a pleasure and uh, i'm looking forward for volume two man like i said you just you bring it man you bring the questions I'm here to answer them. You know, it's uh, it's been such an amazing journey, you know, for me. And, and uh, I have so many plans for this upcoming year and, and uh, blessings and, and, and health in my family. And so, man, I'm, I'm excited to be part of this, man. I'm, I'm glad you're doing it. I'm glad you asked me to be a part of it. And uh, I'm looking forward to continuing to, to tell, tell good stories and, and have some fun doing it as well. All right, my friend. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. No doubt, man. Take it easy, Sam.